Good morning, class! For today's history lesson, we're going to talk about someone very important. The President of the United States of America. Now, I'm sure a lot of your parents have told you that maybe one day you'll grow up to be the President. I want to let you know right now that that is a lie. Not one of you in this class will ever be President. Hello, Almost Presents podcast listeners, and welcome to today's episode. We decided that given the horrific state of American politics and given the time of year, it would be fitting to bring you a spooky Halloween special episode of the Almost Presidents podcast. We thought about putting together scary stories about the haunted house of representatives, but we were told that spineless Kevin, the ghost of the house, has moved on to another life or something and is no longer haunting the American people. And since there isn't any speaker in his place, we didn't really have anything to go off of there. So, instead, we've got a bit of a double episode for you today. First, we're going to be talking with Steve and Joe from the Is It Horror podcast, and we're going to be talking with them about the presidential horror-slash-action film, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. The folks at Is It Horror review films, talk about these films, and answer the ultimate question about them, which is, is it horror? They look at classic films like Night of the Living Dead or Jaws, but they also check out a lot of the new stuff in the horror genre like The Exorcist Believer and Evil Dead Rise, uh, so we definitely recommend you check it out. When you're done with this episode, make sure to head over to their podcast and check out some of their episodes about your favorite films. It's just the perfect time of year for it, so I don't know why you wouldn't. After that, we're going to be talking with Tim and Andrew from America The Conversation, and we're going to be giving you guys some costume recommendations for how to dress up this Halloween if you want to go as your favorite politicians. Now, you may have heard us talk with American The Conversation in the past in our Florida Man series, but these guys have a great political commentary podcast where they talk about current events and American politics from a left-wing perspective. So if you if you like our podcast, honestly, I think it's definitely going to be right up your alley. Tim and Andrew are super knowledgeable, and they are really good at keeping things light and funny. So we definitely recommend that you go check them out if you haven't already. All right, and so with no further ado, let's get into our conversation with Steve and Joe from the Is It Horror podcast. All right, so since the current political landscape of America can be scary enough, we decided to take a break from the real horror and check out a scary movie starring... Abraham Lincoln, one of America's, of course, most beloved presidents, in uh, what I don't think is a true story. Uh, the movie's called Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. So joining us to discuss the movie are horror enthusiasts Steve and Joe from the Is It Horror podcast. Uh, guys, welcome to our show, and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much. So I guess first question I have for you guys is just by nature of the name of your podcast is... Is this horror? Because I kind of walked away from the movie uncertain, and I figured if anybody would know, it would be you guys. Well, I guess one of the things I was kind of looking at is uh, just quotes from the production of it, and uh, it seemed like while the original novel for Seth Graham Smith, he was definitely looking at it as horror when he was writing it, you know, mashup of horror and history, as we all already know. Once you get to the film production, uh, Timur Beckmom Bedoff, uh, Beckmom Bedoff, yes, <laughs> is, I believe that's the right way to pronounce it. Uh, he seems to be talking about the film more in terms of it being a superhero film and approaching it from that arena. And you've got Tim Burton, who is also producing 
kind of echoing that. And at that point, at least all the interviews during the production of the film, it seems like um, Seth Graham Smith is on that same wavelength too. And I do feel like it feels more like a superhero film than a horror film. And I kind of feel like, at least personally, if you replace the enemies, say they were spies instead of vampires, I think that changes the whole landscape. Um, and so it's just me trying to kind of look at it that way. I, I feel like it's damn close to not being horror for me. And I wouldn't disagree with anyone that said it was just an action film that had vampires. I kind of agree with that. Cause I, I was thinking the only kind of sort of scary moment was in the early part of the movie where the vampire is like attacking his mom and then he kind of like jerks his head and sees him. And it was kind of a little bit of a jump scare. Everything else just seemed like it was like, Oh, the vampires are kind of monsters. And to echo the uh, superhero point, I also noted that his origin story kind of was almost Batman esque. You know, he has the story about, you know, his mom getting killed and then he joins up with like the vampire guy, basically, you know, so, you know, it's kind of Batman esque in that way, but yeah. True. You could almost replace the, uh, the, I guess Henry Sturgis was his character. I kind of viewed him almost as like a Van Helsing type of character with like the, the League of Shadows, Liam Neeson character and Batman Begins. And yeah, you would have Batman. Wow. I didn't really think of that. I would never think to compare Abraham Lincoln to Batman, but I guess we just said that in the same <laughs> sentence a couple of times. We are. So. But I thought that was really interesting because I, I was definitely walking away from it thinking, yeah, this really felt like more of an action movie. I mean, especially that scene when he was fighting the vampire that killed both of his parents where there was all the horses and things like that. That that was wild, totally action movie feel to it. But I didn't make that superhero connection. So that that's I could definitely see that now. Another thing for me on it was like if it didn't feel like there were like I was never worried about Abraham Lincoln getting killed, you know, because we kind of know his story. So there there weren't there wasn't any risk for him or some of our other main characters where it is sort of based on history a little bit. So they're not going to I wouldn't think that they would kill people off like that. So there's just not a lot of risk for them. Right. They're not allowed to kill Abe Lincoln until the end when we all know he gets killed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which they referenced that at the end. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but like at the very end when he's like leaving, I think Mary Todd says, come on, like we're going to the theater. <laughs> it just got it dark, but yeah. 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 I guess you got to end it on a positive note. So you can like, well, you all know what's coming, but uh, in case you don't, it seems happy. <laughs> They're going to a movie. It's all right. Yeah, I watched it on Amazon Prime, and they, I guess, think that you're a dumbass with everything. So it kind of came up on the screen. Oh, this is alluding to the fact that he went to the theater and John Wilkes Booth assassinated him. And it's like, Amazon, I know. Thank you. Thanks, Amazon. <laughs> I guess the only but, thing I could think of, I mean, Amazon would have done it anyway. I completely agree. But with uh, the director being, I believe he's Russian. And now I feel like I need to look that up. I don't know. Maybe fans of his don't know, <laughs> but hmm. that's all I okay. can figure. Yeah. But I got to say, I mean, I, so I was excited just to watch this thing as well as to talk to you guys about it. And uh, I went into it completely. I'm, I'm like, all right, you know what? This is a ridiculous premise. It's going to be stupid, but I'm going to buy into it completely. And I did. And I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to appreciate this for what it is. But what I didn't expect was how much I enjoyed it. Like I found myself entertained from end to end. Yeah, it was entertaining for sure. And um, 
I started reading the book. I haven't finished it yet, but it, I would say that I've liked that better. Uh, you know, it's kind of classic. Uh, the movie adaptation isn't quite as good. Uh, but uh, so if you like the movie, I think the book's worth checking out for sure. Uh, and I feel like it does have a little bit more of a horror bent to it. Uh, it kind of takes some of the action out and adds in a little bit more kind of um, like, I guess, more graphic gore a little bit, or at least it's describing it a little bit more um, like that. So I, I'd say read the book if you liked the movie. Yeah, I mean, if I if I could have one, I guess, criticism of it, the one thing that I kind of wished was in the movie was the premise is so inherently ridiculous that I, I would have expected it to be a little bit funnier and a little bit like campier. It actually kind of reminded me of I, this is kind of an obscure reference, but you guys are movie people, so maybe you'll know it. But there's a movie called Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. It's like a low budget, like Canadian film, and it's just like pure camp. And it's really, truly one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but it's kind of like good, bad. And yeah, I was kind of like hoping for something like that. And it, yeah, I, I agree. Like it was super entertaining. It was fun. It was like a good, a solid like action movie, I thought. But I did wish it was like they just leaned in more into the fact that it was just such a ridiculous premise to begin with. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that uh, I think the director has a really good eye for action sequences. Um, he did these couple other films before this, a few years before that called uh, Night Watch and Day Watch which also have the same kind of like uncertain tone. They kind of feel like they want to be urban fantasy and horror, but they just end up feeling more actiony than anything, especially Daywatch. But I feel like he takes his stuff very seriously, it feels like to me. So maybe he wasn't even really seeing the comedic side of it when he was making it. I, I think that Seth or yeah, Seth Graham Smith definitely saw the comedy in it. Cause I've seen like interviews with him and he's definitely like, yeah, it's funny. I know it's funny and kind of just copying to that. But I, I think maybe that's just not the direction the director was coming at it from. And I, I agree. I think it would have benefited if they'd said like, this is kind of a funny concept. It's okay if it's funny. I want to push against that a little bit, though. You guys didn't think any of those vampire kills in that montage were funny. I thought the one where he killed the vampire blacksmith by putting his head in the the furnace and pumping the bellows so that the fire just roasted his head was hilarious. I was smiling during that scene. That was hilarious to me. I agree. That was funny. I think the whole tone of it could have been funnier. There were definitely moments. I'm not going to say there weren't moments, but yeah. Yeah, I liked that scene a lot too. And not to be like, keep comparing it to the book, but I do feel like the book maybe has a few more moments like that. Uh, so like there's one moment where Abe like sees this guy in the city and he's like, that mofo is definitely a vampire. So he's like, starts chasing this guy down through the streets and like ends up in a um, a graveyard. And he's, the guy's like, why are you, or, well, Abe's like catches up to him and he's like, the the guy's like, what? Why are you chasing me? It's like, well, I thought you were a vampire. I'm not a vampire. Uh, but anyways, the, I uh, the point is, it's a Edgar Allan Poe. Um, so and he just like, oh, okay, you know, he's this like dark brooding like guy that looks like a vampire. But they both have this moment where they're like, wait, you know what vampires are? That's awesome. Let's talk about it, dude. <laughs> so anyways, it's just there's a little more of that type of humor I think in the book. That is pretty funny. And of all people to chase down, like just pasty white, gloomy looking 
depressed Edgar Allan Poe. Of course, you would think he's a vampire of all people at that time. Yeah, for sure. So you were saying that... Sorry, I I was going to say, although in fairness, I think a lot of people in the 19th century looked like they were vampires. I feel like that was kind of the vibe. It's like our whole concept of what a vampire looks like comes from the whole Victorian era anyway. So as soon as we see anybody in that kind of dress, we're like, that's a vampire for sure. True. Something I was curious about is what you guys thought about the way that vampires were depicted in this movie. Because one of my, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think it's most people's favorite uh, vampire story is Dracula, right? Bram Stoker. And, you know, and in his novel, you know, there's all these different rules with the vampires, right? They can't be out in the sun. They don't have a reflection. I mean, his got even got as specific as like, they can't enter a place without asking permission first. These vampires kind of confused me a little bit. I mean, they definitely erred more on the side of just being monsters. I mean, the majority of them weren't super clever. I mean, I would say Adam was very intelligent, as was his partner. I forget her name. As well as, I mean, some of the vampires Abe fought were pretty clever. Um, but I I was having a hard time trying to wrap my head around some... Like, the movie seemed to kind of contradict itself sometimes. Like, what was with the... So they could go out during the day if they had sunglasses... But sometimes, because like the Confederate Army vampires, they were just running like in broad daylight in Gettysburg in the sun and nothing was happening to them. I mean, and also like the way that vampirism would be transmitted, like it it almost seemed like it would only happen sometimes or like it only happened to people whose souls were already impure, like in the, the Henry Sturgis flashback. I mean, what did you guys think about these vampires? I found the rules really inconsistent as well, and I found it a bit frustrating. It seemed like they kind of worked however the plot required it to. I One of the things, so the daylight aspect, for instance, they have a brief moment where you see that Henry's putting on some sunscreen, that he's looking for sunscreen. And you have another brief moment where Abraham Lincoln is going to kill his first vampire, and there's a placard on the wall next to the door talking about sunscreen that they sell yes and i was trying to remember if there's actually any dialogue in the film that addresses vampires and sunlight and i don't think that there is you can all correct me if i'm wrong but then it kind of creates this situation where you're relying on the fact that your audience knows sunlight can hurt vampires and you're nodding towards it but the fact that you're not addressing it i think it's problematic i think they would have been better to have just eradicated it from their version of the mythos entirely rather than to put a couple nods to it and then not address it at all. It kind of makes me wonder as well, if maybe there's some cut scenes that maybe dealt with it more head on. Right. Was, was it a different Joe in the, in the novel? Did it stick more to those Bram Stoker kind of guidelines or was it still a little bit wishy-washy with the rules? Uh, it was, um, it was still wishy-washy, but it was a little more defined. Like, um, for example, like Henry kind of has this whole thing where he's kind of telling Abe about what the rules are for vampires and how that kind of works. And it's like, probably sunlight would never like kill a vampire, but they're just way more sensitive to it. And they grow accustomed to it after the first couple decades of being a vampire. So they Uh can pretty much like, you can tell that somebody's a fresh vampire if they're like sunburned a lot if they're really red so there's sort of rules like that and they're also just a lot more sensitive to light so like one of the tools that abe ends up using is like uh he calls it the martyr uh but it's basically like 
or at least how I'm picturing it is kind of like a, a big, like a giant matchstick, basically. Uh, he says it's about like the thickness of like a couple fountain pens. And it just has like these chemicals that is kind of like packed on the end. And it basically functions like a, like a flashbang. Like he goes in and just like lights it in the room and it just like creates this, uh, bright flash and the vampires are super sensitive to it. So they're kind of blinded for a minute. So there it's, it sort of seems like those, all the rules are there um, that are, would be in your like classic Bram Stoker Dracula type thing, but they're just a lot more muted. They didn't want that to get in the way of the story. It feels like, so they still wanted the vampires to be able to do pretty much whatever they wanted. I'll tell you the one that in the movie bothered me the most was like the whole like, oh, vampires can't hurt each other, you know, when like Henry has his flashback moment. But then later, uh, the other, the main vampire guy, I forget his name at the moment, but like. Adam, yeah, on the train they could fight all of a sudden. Yeah, Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. What was the deal with that? (laughs) And also it's like you're, you're evil. Like vampires are evil. (laughs) Like at least they are in most cases. Like why the hell? Can you not kill another vampire? Like if, if like if you're fucking evil, like killing is what you do. <laughs> like I, I don't know. It was yeah. I thought that was interesting too. I mean, I guess like you said though, it it was to serve the story, right? Because if Henry could kill Adam, well, then he wouldn't have needed to recruit Abe, and uh, that might have hijacked you know the whole uh, revenge narrative that Henry was embarking on, you know, as well as Abe. I guess I just like, feel like there could have been cleaner ways to present that same idea, you know, like like maybe Henry's just too weak to do that and it takes a human to be able to do it or, or focus on the weird uh, power he shows that Abraham Lincoln has when he blows up the tree with the axe. Like maybe that's just a thing <laughs> that vampires can't do for some reason. So Henry will never be as tough as Adam. I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's all sorts of things you could come up with, but it just feels like there could have been such, there could have been better ways to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it feels like you, you have reason enough to want to recruit somebody else when you're fighting an entire army by yourself. Right. So I don't think you super needed that plot device. Yeah. But I mean, I guess part of the reason that they could do that with the whole, I guess, evil people for some reason, not being able to kill each other is because they inserted the ultimate plot device, right? God. And that was just kind of like a rule that he created for some reason. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I was kind of feeling the same way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, yeah, I was kind of feeling the same way that the rules were kind of like hard to understand. I, To be honest, I totally forgot that the sunlight thing was a thing in the actual movie. I, I just kind of like, uh, for most of the film, forgot that it was a thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, by the but time the, think... the vampire auxiliaries were charging the freaking, you know, union line, I was like, fuck it. Like, just what, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry though Steve yeah, I thought you were just super oh, no. soldiers at that point yeah the only thing I was going to bring up too with the sunlight thing is uh, from a cinematography standpoint I feel like there's a couple things that further muddy the waters which is one some of the scenes they do day for night shooting obviously there's logistical reasons why they'd want to do that some of them they shoot at night some of them they just do day for night and with that kind of intense blue filter you kind of forget at some sequences that it is supposed to be night so that ends up being a problem for some of those sequences and the other one is heavy fog that they want to put in a lot of these fight sequences 
So a lot of the uh, daytime skirmishes that they had end up being this intensely foggy weather. And then you can't help but wonder, again, is there some deleted scene that says, let's make sure it's foggy whenever we do these battles so our guys can blend in easier or something like that. Um, But yeah, I think just it ends up mudding the waters a little bit more on exactly how they work and how they react to sunlight. Yeah, and I guess to a certain extent, I guess it this movie requires you to so heavily suspend your disbelief because when you talk about fog too, I think about the fact that this is purporting to have taken place in history. So the battle of Gettysburg, we know exactly what the weather was like that day. Although I think they, what they potentially, I guess had going for them was when the, the Confederate vampire auxiliaries attacked. I mean, there would of course be fog because everybody's firing off, guns and cannons that would produce all that smoke and things like that, you would have the natural fog of war. So I guess there was maybe a hint of accuracy there. But no, I definitely see what you're saying. So how does it play into... Um, I have to acknowledge that I'm I'm not a big history buff. I need to do better. But uh, it sounds like you guys are from listening to your show. How do you think it compares to the actual history? Clearly there weren't vampires. But uh, how does it feel in representing Lincoln and representing his history. There weren't vampires so far as we know. Right. But um, anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was, I would say it was okay. And far, as far as history goes, I don't think it dove super deep. The one thing that was interesting that I, to be honest, didn't know until I watched this film is that Stephen Douglas actually did court to, uh, Abraham Lincoln's wife, Mary Todd. There's something I didn't know that was totally real. I thought they'd made it up. And then I looked oh. it up and I was like, oh, that's totally real. He did, which is kind of I funny. Made, I, no idea. I thought they made <laughs> yeah. that up too. Yeah. Cause, cause yep. I was like, geez, like, I don't know what this movie maker has against or the author or whoever has against Stephen A. Douglas. I mean, they must really hate the Kansas Nebraska <laughs> act or something like that. Cause not only like, do we know historically that Lincoln beat Stephen A. Douglas at that historic debate, also beat him for the presidency and then had the Riz to come in and swoop in and steal not just his girl, but his fiance. <laughs> I was like, what are they got against Stephen A. Douglas? But I, I guess the fact that there's some historical accuracy to that is is pretty yeah. neat and does show some research. Um, yeah, they I weren't engaged, think- but they they just they were like he courted her. So he was I don't know if they actually it would ever like led to anything real, but he did court her. Right. So they probably exaggerated it a lot. But yeah, that I mean, yeah. they at least had a nugget of truth there. I also did um, pause it during the part where Abe was giving the Gettysburg address. And I took a look at the flag because I, I was like, there's no way that these motherfuckers got the flag right. It's definitely got five stars. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't. So, so I think that flag was historically accurate. So I did have some respect for that. Although I honestly probably wouldn't have cared that much if it wasn't. Yeah, but I mean, I guess that to back to like the main question, I would say the history was basically pretty good, kind of shallow to that point. Uh, another thing that I kind of wish the film did was was lean into that history a little bit more. Like I wished that the vampire hunter guy, Henry or whatever, I wish that was like John Brown or something like it would just be funny to like lean into this like divide of like the slaveholders are vampires. And like all the like union guys and like the abolitionists and whatnot are like vampire hunters. Like I actually thought that dynamic was kind of like funny and cool. And I wish they had kind of leaned into that a little more. But other than that, yeah, that's kind of my assessment is that it's basically pretty accurate, but sort of shallow, I guess. I don't know what you thought, Ryan, though. 
it definitely left out, I mean, most of Abraham Lincoln's biography left out pretty much his whole law career. It left out his his brief military service. He was involved in, I believe it's called the Black Hawk War, um, which might have also made for an interesting scene. And I, politics was really a sideshow to vampire hunting. And of, of course, I get that for the necessity of the film. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought that um, the actor... Benjamin Walker, they did get to really look like Lincoln. Like I was impressed because I, d- I didn't think they were going to really go for it. But when he got a lot older, I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's Lincoln. I mean, definitely not committed to the Daniel Day-Lewis level, although Daniel Day-Lewis is probably jealous that he didn't do this film. Um, <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't he? But yeah, I mean, and I thought showing some of the the prominent characters like Jefferson Davis uh, working with the, the head of the vampires was pretty neat. I... Also, wasn't sure. I mean, I don't know if you guys kind of did some over-intellectualizing at certain points. Like, I wasn't sure if the movie was self-aware t- to a point that, like, it wanted to comment on the history, not just set this vampire story in the history with some real characters. Like, for example, I I, I thought that, like, the whole idea of the, the vampires being pro-slavery because, you know, that would enable them to have these sham plantations where they would really just kill their slaves and use them to suck blood out of them and stuff like that. Um, cause it's the South and you know, nobody cares. Um, I, I wasn't sure like if I was ruining the movie for myself by thinking, is there a deeper meaning here? Like, is this trying to be some larger metaphor for slavery, sucking the humanity out of America at the time? Or was it just like South bad vampires, bad vampires, uh, will be from the South. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you guys think. That was my view, to be honest. <laughs> okay, so there's no deeper meaning. I was just going too much into. <laughs> I, I guess Sorry, I, I tend to think that there probably wasn't in terms of the filming in any case, because I think that um, Beck Mamatov, he's he's mostly. I think he's looking for the action sequences. He wants it to be a fun ride. Turn your head off and enjoy Lincoln killing vampires and just you know slavery. Bad vampires. Bad. I think is probably as far as that takes it. I, I couldn't say for Seth Graham Smith. I think that I think maybe he is thoughtful enough to be drawing those kinds of distinctions, but I don't know. What was your impression from the book side of it then, Joe, so far? I would agree that I think he thought a little bit more about it. I'm not exactly sure how how into the metaphors he got about it. Uh, one thing that I did find interesting about the book or how kind of uh, Abe was per- portrayed or like at least his initial thoughts on once he finds out that that's kind of what's going on. He's not like, Oh, well we need to free these slaves. Uh, and you know, slave slavery is bad. He's more, he's more like, okay, well vampires are using slaves as food. So in order to get rid of vampires, I need to stop slavery. Like, so I thought that was a little bit, I didn't know how I felt about that as far as like what the like what they were what they were kind of going for on that or what Seth Graham Smith was going for on that. And maybe it delves deeper into it on the back half of the book. And I just haven't gotten to that yet. But uh, I think he's thinking about it enough that I think that there's definitely the potential for some more intellectual thought about it, I guess. That's interesting. I don't know if I like that, that Abraham Lincoln wanted to free the slaves so that they were no longer victimized in terms of food, like not like 
the fact that they were literally owned <laughs> and they were yeah, yeah, owned owned by people. More reasons for um, it. <laughs> yeah I, I feel like that's kind of problematic i mean i i don't know um but of course i don't know if i should be taking it even that seriously well well to that point you could argue right lincoln to, to my knowledge and you can correct me if i'm wrong right but lincoln was not super was not as anti-slavery as sometimes i think we think he was it was more like a means to an end like his main goal was to unite the country and eventually he concluded that it was just impossible to do that and maintain slavery but he wasn't like an abolitionist like there were people during his time who were like slavery is immoral and we need to abolish it but he was not one of those guys so maybe that's kind of what they were going for was like they wanted to represent that side of abraham lincoln that was like not like strictly morally against slavery, but more against slavery as kind of a means to an end a little bit, which is a little dark, but like it is kind of what the reality was. Yeah. I mean, I do think it gets lost to history sometimes that Abraham Lincoln was no like John Brown firebrand or, or William Lloyd Garrison, like super abolitionist guy. He, he had to come around to it. And initially you can look back and he did say and write some things that weren't exactly, you know, <laughs> great as far as, uh, viewing, you know, abolition is something that the country should should embark on nationally. And another interesting kind of factoid, I guess, surrounding all of this is, as far as I understand it, from just kind of interviews with, with Seth Graham Smith, it seems like a lot of Lincoln scholars were actually pretty happy with his portrayal of Lincoln in the book specifically. They even invited him to the Abraham Lincoln presidential library and museum to, to give a talk on having written the book and his inspiration, like really rolled out the red carpet for him too. So I guess it seems like historians were pretty happy with his representation and that he spent a lot of time meticulously trying to get it as right as possible. To the point where there's even some people that still think that uh, he took actual memoirs that existed and just inserted vampires into it, same as he did with Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. But really, he he 100% wrote the whole thing and just wrote it as best he could in the style of Lincoln's voice where necessary. So I, I don't know. I guess they they people seem to think that it feels like Lincoln, at least. That's hilarious that he went to the uh, Abraham Lincoln Library to give a talk. I, I would have loved to have just watched like some family just wandering around and like oh, like seeing oh like there's there's somebody giving a historical talk. Let's go in and see, and then just sitting yeah. there like what the <laughs> hell is he talking about? And then just the dad having to correct the kid the whole trip home. No, we didn't fight ant- vampires. Um, but if he did, no, he definitely would have had an axe that was lined in silver, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, uh, to continue on with the slavery thread, I think that the movie could have rubbed a lot of people the wrong way if it just depicted slaves as basically vampire cattle. So at first, when it first showed that Harriet Tubman was in it, I laughed because I was like, wow, okay, so they're bringing Harriet Tubman into this whole vampire craziness. But then the way that they used the Underground Railroad to not only help slaves escape to you know, find their freedom like historically happened, but to aid in this fight against vampires in such a critical way, I thought returned agency to the enslaved people that they kind of lost by just being vampire chow. 
That's true. I think that's a good point. It kind of makes them more active participants. It does. The whole movie as well makes me question why, if this was actually the reality, why Lincoln wouldn't just cop to the fact that there's vampires. I don't see at a certain point why he continued to keep the secret, especially with the people that are transporting silver. So you think you tell, you know, Harry Tubman and the Underground Railroad why they're transporting the silver, what the odds are, what they're actually up against, instead of just leaving everyone in the dark and be like, use these bullets. They're better. Don't ask why. It seems like a weird way to go plot wise. I mean, it seems definitely like a military thing. Hey, this is what we're doing. Why? You don't get to ask that. <laughs> Actually, that's very that's true. true. <laughs> <laughs> like that's almost like how military grand strategy plays out. If you're, if you're like a grunt. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, honestly, I my comments. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With the whole silver thing, I was like, in what world would this, actually work like how would they actually go about going around and getting every single person silver and what if all these people refused to give it up and what would it do to the economy i mean i don't know that was maybe maybe i'm i was overthinking things for for that but no it's a valid point you know suddenly the government's knocking on your door and it's like okay we're stealing this thing of value from you you have to give it to us especially without explaining it i mean i guess back to the, the other point you could tell the military just do it because you're following these orders, but it would be harder to just tell the general citizenry that's what you're doing, follow orders. But I don't know. I don't, I guess, I suppose there's times in history where we're telling everybody like, okay, you need to ration this or, you know, World War II with collecting nylon and stuff like that and only drive on certain days. So I don't know. I, mean, I suppose something that they could have done, if I was, cause I was just kind of having fun, like playing with the idea of what other historical characters they could have added. And maybe that's something that we could even talk about, but for the silver thing, you have me thinking, because I would have been curious to see how Lincoln's generals would have fit into this whole vampire story. And I think an easy way to get silver could have even been Grant's siege of Vicksburg or uh, General Sherman marching through the South to the sea to get silver. Although I don't know where that fits in. I'm, I'm sure that's after, that's got to be after Gettysburg when that happens. So, I mean, if they wanted to kind of have Gettysburg be not the turning point, in just the civil war, but in the war against the vampires, then that wouldn't work. But yeah, I mean, there was definitely ways that they could have uh, gotten the silver otherwise. And yeah, I, I, w- I would have liked to have seen Grant too in there. That would have been interesting. Yeah, that would have been cool to have more stuff like that. The other, like, just kind of logistical thing that I felt like was weird was like that was supposed to take place like in like a day, right? It was like the first day of Getty of the Gettysburg Battle didn't go so well and they're like all right well we need silver and all that happens in like a day i think is how at least that's the impression i got from how the movie was trying to portray it so i think it would have been a lot cooler like like you're saying to have have that be a bigger deal have like one of the other battles have to be all about trying to get the silver or something like that i mean they definitely had a lot of money to throw at this movie so they potentially could have done it um I don't think we've talked a ton. I don't. I don't think we've given a ton of spoilers, um, aside from the fact that Lincoln. It's alluded that he dies at the end, but I mean, come on, people. Uh, you know, did you listen to your history teachers at all? But I did want to talk about the the ending ending and what you all thought about that. So it, it ends with uh, Henry Sturgis, the vampire hunter who initially trains Lincoln. He had made an offer to Lincoln to to make him immortal so that they could be partners in this vampire fight for eternity. Lincoln declines. So Henry Sturgis winds up in a bar in the modern time, having the same conversation that he had with Lincoln when he first met him, which is, um, I mean, what, what I forget what he said. It was like, 
if you're you know drinking like that, you're either doing it like because of a woman or because you Kiss want to kill a girl or kill a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's in the modern day with just this random guy. What do you guys think about that ending? I guess in a way that kind of says that uh, they only temporarily won, that the issue is still at hand, that there's still the vampire threat to be encountered, which, uh, as I understand it, I haven't read either, mind you, but um, Seth Graham Smith wrote a sequel book as well that focused on Henry. So I, I don't know what all happened with that or in that, but I think that some of it takes place in the modern era too. So I, I don't know. Like I said, I guess it just makes it feel a little bit like we didn't really win <laughs> at the end of the day against the vampire threat. And I did think Henry was cool. Although with that haircut, I think the only thing that he could do in life is be a vampire hunter. So I'm glad that that kind of worked out for him. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you think though, that they should have had, the man at the bar be somebody real? And if so, would you guys have been cool if it was Trump? (laughs) Where's the story go from there? I guess that's the question. (laughs) What do you, I mean, let's, let's play that out. I I don't see Trump. I, I don't see Trump killing someone himself if he wanted someone dead he seems more like the uh i call the guy who call the guy don't tell me the details just do it <laughs> i don't know i mean that he said he more could kill, what was his, someone <laughs> what was his quote though he was like i could kill a guy on like fifth street or something Avenue, like that yeah. nobody would care yeah 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 i mean he, he's definitely not the build of a guy that i personally would draft as a vampire hunter <laughs> you know he's a little bit uh heavy for that job I want somebody who's a little, I mean, Abraham Lincoln's the perfect guy, right? He's like tall and like nimble. Yeah. I think Abraham Lincoln was a pretty prolific, like wrestler in his day too. Like he was definitely a guy that you would want to lock horns with, like politically or in like a physical contest. Yeah. He was actually undefeated, which that's also something that would have been cool in the film is like some of his wrestling stuff. Trump Trump is also undefeated depending on who you talk to, but especially Trump. (laughs) (laughs) I was just trying to think of like who, like, cause who who could you draft into this modern version of the story that isn't just some random guy? Like, is there is there like another more recent president or statesman or stateswoman that would be a, a good fit for Sturgis? I guess as far as presidents during my lifetime, if I'm just picking from presidents, I think as far as physicality goes, I, I feel like you'd have to go with Obama. I if if we're just like which president would win in a fight, that feels like the best answer to me for. You know, since Reagan forward, I guess. But I don't know. Feels a bit reductive, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's no way that the filmmakers could win with that. Like, it feels like you're you're just going to alienate one half and then the other half is going to love it. But like, yeah, like in this day and age, it feels like there's nobody that you could pick that like everybody would be like, oh, yeah, he's a great vampire hunter. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because with Lincoln, regardless of which party, both sides want to claim him. So he's a good choice yeah. for something like this. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone agrees on Lincoln. That's about it these days. But like everyone at least agrees on him. Well, maybe there's some potential for Lyndon Johnson. And hear me out because uh, we did talk about that one vampire kill with the bellows with the fire, right? So that's proving that vampires can be killed by fire. And I think Lyndon Johnson throughout much of the end of the Vietnam War did spend his lunch hour, right? Planning firebombing routes in Vietnam. So 
perhaps if we made all the North Vietnamese uh, vampires, we could have a nice Lyndon Johnson vampire hunter. I don't know oh, what his man. weapon of choice would be, but at the point where he's nice. hung it up and said, you know what, I'll take the politics to kill vampires. I mean, there you go. I can't imagine any way that that movie comes off where anyone feels good about it, though. <laughs> it would be a really, like, genuinely terrible movie. <laughs> Maybe in the end they realize that they're actually the vampires, and that's, like, the plot twist. And that, that'd be, like, a good metaphor for Vietnam, I feel. The real vampires were the friends we made along the way. There you go. <laughs> Look, we should, we should uh, definitely cut this conversation off. Um, we don't want our listeners to steal this idea. So um, if True. we want to talk more about this, we'll talk off the mics. You yeah, know. that seems best. That's the way to go. So as far as some of the actors in this movie, are you guys, it's always sunny in Philadelphia fans by any chance? I am not up on the most recent couple seasons, but I love that show. Okay. So, you know, I, enough to know, like, Jimmy Simpson, the guy who played um, Speed, yes. <laughs> is uh, one of the McPoyle brothers. <laughs> that really got me. I mean, he. So, I mean, he's been. I think it's always sunny as how he kind of got his start, but he's been in House of Cards. Uh, he was in this horror movie Treehouse that's on Hulu. That's uh, was was pretty decent. I thought you guys might even check that out for your podcast if you haven't. He no, always I haven't winds even heard up of that one. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty cool. He he always kind of winds up playing like a scummy kind of character. So I was just waiting for the moment for the other shoe to drop. Like, all right, like I wound up looking it up. It's like, all right, so Speed is a real person. That's kind of interesting. But when's he going to screw Lincoln over? And so it was actually kind of a double plot twist for me. And this is another spoiler coming. When it turns out that he didn't betray Lincoln to the vampires, he actually double-crossed the vampires. And that was kind of how they succeeded in that whole silver plot. Like the train was the ploy and the Underground Railroad was the way that the silver was being delivered. Because I was like, all right, yep, Jimmy Simpson, yep, it's about time that he betrays somebody. Yeah, I thought that was a good use of that plot. The, the other thing about Jimmy Simpson is, um, have you ever watched any of Westworld, particularly the first season? No, that's one of the ones I need to watch at some point, though. So he plays a character in that. And I think that he's actually, um, I think he's a phenomenal actor. He plays these I agree, for comedic sure. roles and, and he does a really good job. Yeah. And it's, I kind of, I wish that he'd get, I wish he'd be in more high profile things, but he's always great in everything, right? If it's something as ridiculous as it's always sunny in Philadelphia or even small roles in a movie like this, where he's still adding some nuance in the background and just, I, I don't know. There's nothing... I've never seen him in anything where I thought he was bad. Yeah. I mean, I think he had one of the more memorable scenes in the movie too. Like when you thought that he was just going to sit that whole fight out at the plantation, he bursts in the freaking window with the horse-drawn carriage and saves everybody. I mean, a McPoyle did that? Like, <laughs> far be it for me to be able to predict that coming. I mean, geez. I mean, there's nothing to say that he's not a McPoyle in that movie. It's just the pure bloodline going down. That's why his descendant looks exactly the same as him in modern day. It's true. Or he could secretly be a vampire. Were, uh, not connected. Or, yeah, I guess that's true, too. Yeah, I guess it could be that. <laughs> <laughs> what I also thought was interesting was this Benjamin Walker guy. Um, I knew his face looked familiar. He played Patrick Bateman. Um, in the musical production of American Psycho, which I really wanted to see and saw it started to like read reviews and listen to the music 
just awful. Um, but he also played Andrew Jackson in a musical about Andrew Jackson on Broadway. So this guy's been a president before, which I thought was kind of interesting. Also, Andrew Jackson and Lincoln are kind of day and night as well. Well, you had me at a American Psycho musical. I'd forgotten that that existed until this moment. So <laughs> I should be more excited That's about the history. Side more than okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fantastic book, fantastic movie. But uh, I don't know. I think it could have been a good musical. But I also think that anything that was made that was even remotely musical around the time of Hamilton was just going to disappear. I mean, Hamilton just had that box office on lock for so long. That's fair. And there's this real trend of trying to make everything into a musical and the least likely that it sounds like it should be a musical, then the more, I don't know, pedal the metal people are going for it. Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man, the musical, did you guys see that? I heard of it. Never saw it. I heard that they really were running through Spider-Man with how bad the injuries ended up being on that show. I can only imagine. Yeah. I mean, the bare minimum that they would have to do would, you know, be to put people at risk. Yes. I'm Googling it. I'm just seeing like Spider-Man, the musical accident. accident. Yeah. Cause I know there's, I know just, I know there's a silence of the lambs musical. There's an evil dead musical, what? which I am very fond, <laughs> fond of. And uh, I think there's a Beetlejuice musical that's out there now. So it just it seems like they want to go the musical route with everything they can get their hands on these days. Yeah, uh, I know that uh, Lauren Boebert went to see the Beetlejuice musical. <laughs> a lot of people heard about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not exactly how the musical was, but uh, right. yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, that's how I'm familiar with the Beetlejuice musical as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe exactly how you want to yeah, make yeah. news. <laughs> yeah. Um, on a positive, while we're talking about people getting injured in musicals, I will say one of the things I liked about this movie. I thought the action scenes were like super fun and like, yeah, I mean the whole scene where the speed, what is it? Speed is his name or whatever. I can't remember his name. Uh, like burst through the the door with the horses. That was like insane. The train scene was like pretty cool too. When they're riding the horses, that was just kind of ridiculous, but cool too. You know? Yeah. I thought the, the action scenes were pretty good. Yeah. I think you were saying early on, Steve, that they were like really well choreographed and I would completely agree. I mean, they weren't just throwing haymakers at each other or just throwing wild ax chops. I mean, it was very well coordinated, even down to like when, um, I forget how it was when Abe Lincoln was fighting the two vampires and the, uh, I think it was Adam got him airborne and then, um, or no, I think it was the, the woman that got him airborne and then Adam threw the chair and then she sat on it pinned him by the wrists like it was really clever the the choreographed fight scenes yeah um the director for it he was talking too about they did a lot of previs for it so there was there was writing involved with it but that he had to kind of block everything out ahead of time with the team that he'd kind of used previously on um on night watch and day watch and kind of so he had his team there in russia and had them do all that instead which is kind of interesting because i saw that uh, Seth Graham Smith was saying that he wasn't particularly, he didn't feel like he was very comfortable writing lengthy action sequences. And so it's probably a good pairing that you give him this director that's very comfortable doing these very elaborate action sequences and and just having those kind of things play off of each other and saying like, you know, that doesn't work for you. That's fine. I'll take it from here. I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll figure out how that 
is all going to block out. And yeah, it, it looks fun. It's, it's always exciting, those sequences. I think it works well in that way. Yeah, w- one of my favorite scenes, it was like the, the, as far as the action goes, was on top of the train when him and uh, Anthony Mackie are like passing the axe back and forth to each other and like, mm-hmm. you know, chop and then like doing a swoopy, swoopy thing behind his back and Anthony Mackie takes it and does his thing. Um, so I don't know. It was very, very pretty, very well thought out choreography. Definitely. Um, Kevin, I know that you wonder. Seen... Oh, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, Kevin, I know that you saw The Diplomat. Um, have, you, have you guys seen that on Netflix yet? Uh, no. no. Okay, I think you're in a better position to see it after you've seen this movie because the actor that plays Adam is the husband of the the lead um, who plays this uh, diplomat to to the UK. And he's kind of like this prestigious former diplomat, but he's kind of like aloof and clever and stuff like that. Bit of, a, um, bit of an asshole too. Yeah, I don't know about you, Kevin. It, it definitely took me out of the movie a bit because at first I was like, oh, who is that? Where do I recognize that guy from? And then when I figured it out, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I haven't seen that guy in anything else. I don't know if he's a big name actor outside of those, the, the outside of the diplomat, I guess. But yeah, he's definitely one of those guys where you see him and you're like, I know I've seen that guy somewhere. And then you finally place it. But yeah, the diplomat is very good. It's like kind of political actiony type movie, I guess. Like, yeah, she's like a diplomat f- that, that gets pulled from like Afghanistan into london because london has this like weird terrorist attack happen that they can't figure out basically what's going on and um yeah it's, it's really interesting it's a good show the thing i know him the best from is uh there's this movie from the late 90s called dark city it's by alex Proyas, who also did the crow and uh that honestly that's one that i've been meaning to cover on our show is a horror for a long time because it's got some matrixy vibes but before the matrix existed so, but he's the actual good guy in that. And I think the next thing I saw him in was the Knight's Tale where he was the bad guy. And then they were pretty much like, you make a good bad guy. We should just cast you as the bad guy for going on for decades after that. It felt like so. Well, all right. Do you guys have any other uh, concluding thoughts about this movie? I guess one of the things I think is kind of interesting about the whole thing that sort of got spawned from the writing of this and probably more so Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is all the kind of crazy literature horror mashups that were really popular there for like a five or six year period. Uh, and there was even a, a mockbuster when this came out called Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies, which is not good, by the way. <laughs> but there's oh, yeah. just just some of the titles that were out there, like The Taming of the Werewolf or Mansfield with Monsters, Ebenezer Scrooge, Ghost Hunter, like the Vampire Count of Monte Cristo. And just how many of those crazy books there were at the time. And I I don't know. I'm kind of wondering if, if there's still people out there making movies of some of these historical horror mashups. Um, I don't know. It was kind of fun seeing them for a little bit. That's interesting. I didn't know about, I, I knew about some of these mashups, but I didn't know the extent that it went, that it almost seems like it's a miniature genre in and of itself. There are the Ebenezer, so many. <laughs> the Ebenezer Scrooge one kind of throws me for a curve because that was written as a, a ghost story. I mean, A Christmas Carol is a ghost story. So it almost is kind of, I don't know if it's what trying to like exponentially like make it spooky, but yeah, it almost seems like they're trying to like 
add ghosts to something that already was ghosty. I don't know. Yeah, or if he's like learned nothing and trying to get revenge on them now. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I'm curious about what this does for literature in general, like or not maybe to more be specific, like in terms of the classics. Like are these things that are going to make people want to check out Pride and Prejudice or A Christmas Carol or The Taming of the Shrew or things like that? Or is it just kind of these like fan fiction style writers kind of hitching their coattails to like a famous title to see if they can like sell, you know, monster horror that like just has characters that like people know from their high school English classes. I wonder. I think it can be a little bit of both because at least in some of the interviews I saw um, Graham Smith was talking about, he did have people coming up to him and saying, you know, I read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I had no interest in Pride and Prejudice, but after reading your book, I had to go back and read the original and see how it compared, what the differences actually were. So at least, I don't know, by his anecdotal evidence, there are people that ended up going backtracking into classics they never would have read because of his work. I don't know how often that actually happens, but I don't know. I guess there could be some positives in that arena. Yeah. Cause I mean, I would say as far as history goes, I don't know how you guys feel, but I don't see this as something that would propel people to want to pick up, uh, I don't know, like Doris Kearns, like a uh, team of rivals, you know, about Lincoln or something like that. Um, Cause it definitely wouldn't have the same kind of uh, just pulse pounding brain candy kind of adrenaline pumping feel to it be a little 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 bit slower paced yeah probably yeah, not after seeing the movie i would think yeah i don't know if it, i would say that it necessarily like i don't know if i'm going to jump into some other abraham lincoln book or something after this i probably maybe i should but it made me think about a few things like as far as the historical stuff goes and how much of it is accurate like just for example in the book there's a there's a lot more like like Abraham Lincoln is portrayed as really disliking his father. Like, is that true? Was that part of their historical relationship? Um, I don't know. And like in the book, they also like Henry's actual uh, backstory is um, like Roanoke and that kind of thing, which has always been a fascinating story to me. And it also, is, yeah, it makes me think about, you know, what of that is actual stuff that we know, obviously not the vampire stuff, but you know, how much of it is actually historical. So it does like at least kind of prick those little nerves for me, I guess, and make me think I should do a little more on my, on the history side of things. I should be thinking about these things a little more intensely. I kind of think it can, can sort of bring some of the history to life in like a fantastical kind of way. Cause like, you know, you're connecting all these disparate elements from history, like, Abraham Lincoln, Roanoke, and like all these other things, even up to the present, because obviously the vampire hunter keeps living and then goes and searches for another Abraham Lincoln or, or what, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, I think it can, you know, it, it's true. I don't think that the genre is going to pull somebody into like an Abraham Lincoln biography or something, because it's obviously hugely different, but I think it can, you know, spark, I guess, an appreciation or an interest in like, in like the history a little bit, I, th I think personally. Yeah, so I do too. And it's like uh, kind of, these are actual people who are, you know, who lived actual lives. And obviously this is a fantasy world, but maybe yeah. it is worth getting into the, their lives a little bit more.
Yeah. So in that vein, maybe to close, if you could create one of these movies where you cast a historical figure to fight against some kind of supernatural force, what historical figure would you choose and what historical force would they be up against? I don't know that this stems from any real uh, view on his politics, but maybe just his demeanor as a person that I can relate to. But I'd like to see something involving Calvin Coolidge, I think would be kind of entertaining. I don't know what you would put him up against that would work well with his uh, notorious uh, silence stoicism, I suppose. But I I guess I'd have to think on that. What would What would work well as a good foil to that attitude as a person? But... I don't know, something with him would be pretty cool, I think. How about Teddy Roosevelt versus werewolves? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think that's that got to be, be fun. One. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think you need to make much adjustments to Teddy Roosevelt's character at all. Yeah, he's <laughs> just cast got him so much. Works. Yeah, right. You don't need to give him any superpowers. He'll go yeah. and punch a werewolf in the face. He doesn't care. <laughs> softly and carry a big stick let's go (laughs) i love it kevin what about you i i mean i'll go maybe this is maybe an easy one but i'll go uh fdr and the nazis you know i feel like fdr you could give him kind of like a professor x type vibe maybe you know a lot of people speculated that the nazis were working with alien technology obviously that's fake but like you know make it real they're working with aliens like i'd be into that Okay. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I would I would be interested to bring um Major John Andre from the American Revolution out of uh some of the I feel like he's kind of a little bit more obscure. Not as many people know about him. Um he was a uh, British spy master who collaborated with Benedict Arnold in this plan to try and capture George Washington while he was at West Point. Um obviously it failed. Um he was captured. Uh, Major Don Andre, and he was actually hung um, for being a spy. But since he's a spy and he was able to find things out, right, get intelligence through various means, I'd, I'd be curious to have him, like, perhaps maybe in almost like a, a Faustian deal with the devil, you know, to kind of like have knowledge about the other side, but have made some like bargain for his soul. Um, could be interesting. I don't know. I'd check it out. Might be for a specific crowd. I don't know, but yeah, it could be, could be interesting, I guess. I was like the Faust uh, legend. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of like, I guess I, I am not a, uh, that big of a history buff. I don't know who that is, but like having, like you could like sell it as just a, not necessarily a historical thing, but it'll draw people into that. And then you can be like, this is an actual person and it'll just be back to that kind of thinking more about history angle which i think is useful for all of us yeah for sure well guys i gotta say it's um i guess it's becoming more and more common in politics for the my the two things that i love so much to kind of come together which is uh you know studying politics as well as uh watching horror movies but um it was awesome to talk with you know some folks from an actual horror podcast so guys thank you so much for coming on talking about abe lincoln vampire hunter and uh, I would say if you haven't seen it um, and you're just looking for just a fun night off for your brain to just kind of just enjoy something, um, I would recommend it. It's definitely a fun one. And thank you so much for having us on the show. We appreciate it. I've been listening to your show and it's been great and look forward to more episodes of what you guys are doing there. It's, I don't know, it's, I'm learning a lot. So that's good. 
Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and for our audience too, um, before you guys head out, did you want to just promote what your podcast is, what it is you guys do, where they can find you on uh, socials and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're the Is It Horror podcast. So uh, our whole thing is that we examine media not traditionally thought of as horror, and we try to look at the creator's intent behind it, the media itself and the audience reaction all to kind of determine if we think it qualifies as part of the genre or not. And at the end of the day, it's just a fun exercise. We're not here to tell you you're wrong if you disagree with us or you're right if you do agree with us. Uh, We just are kind of looking at the boundaries of where horror stops and starts. And uh, if you have suggestions for us, you can send those to isithorrorpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media at Instagram and X at Is It Horror Pod. And we're pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts. So, uh, yeah, come check it out. Uh, we've got some great stuff coming. We're going to be talking about the world's end soon. And we're going to be talking about uh, not the actual world's end, but uh, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg's The World's End. And uh, we're talking about Star Trek First Contact. We've got a lot of great things coming up this season. So, Awesome. Definitely go and check them out. And uh, thank you so much, Steve and Joe, for coming on. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Okay, thanks again to the guys from Is It Horror for stopping by. Make sure you check out their podcast in the description. And now here's our conversation with America the Conversation about political Halloween costumes. All right. So America, the conversation, it's been a minute. Tim and Andrew, welcome back to the show. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Appreciate you having us on. All right. So Halloween is right around the corner, or at least it will be when this episode comes out. And I'm sure that many of you folks listening out there are thinking about what you want to dress up as this year to really stand out amongst trick-or-treaters or at that Halloween party that your buddy invited you to that you may or may not have really wanted to go to, but you're just going to go anyway. And for those of you who aren't already planning to be yet another couple dressed up as Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and are looking for costume ideas, we've got you covered. And that's why we have Tim and Andrew on as well. So since we are a politics podcast and this is our Halloween episode, we're going to give you ideas for costumes from across the political spectrum. So what's going to happen is Kevin and I are going to give you five costume ideas if you want to go out looking like a true Democrat And Tim and Andrew are going to give you five costume ideas if you want to go to Halloween parties as a Republican. And we're going to go one for one with their ideas. But before we get started with that, I figured I would just ask, guys, um, throughout the years, do you have any uh, funny Halloween memories that you want to share from Halloween's past? Mm. Is that a kid or going to Halloween parties as an adult? I mean, Tim, you you saw me go to a Halloween party as George W. Bush once. That was interesting. Yeah. He is a very – if you. If you want to interview a president ever, his Bush might cover it. Like it's it's one of the most dead on <laughs> impressions, which not to I'm not putting you on the spot to do it, but like yeah, he 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 did a he did a good job. I win as yeah. Joe Dirt. I, so I'll put you on the spot if, if you want. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, Andrew, I think yeah, we're gonna put you on the spot if that's all right with you. <laughs> Look, I don't think we can be deliberative with what we're really asking for here, right? I think we have to unite as a people and we have to say, hey. It's Halloween. It's time to get scary. It's time to get sexy. Time to have a great time. All right? We're one people, one nation, one Halloween. 
Usually we fight the terror, but tonight we're going to talk about the terror. Right. It's all about the terror. But not Islamic jihadist terror, all right? This is good old-fashioned Christian horror. I want Pinhead. I want I want Jack Skellington. You know, we need some Tim Burton up in here. All right. Now watch this drive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I got to say, so, I mean, I, so last Halloween party I went to um, – me and my buddy were both Santa Claus, which seemed like a great idea until we actually got to the costumes. Mm. And we tried to play it off to everybody at the party like we didn't plan it. So we kind of came out after, oh, you're Santa, you're Santa too. Oh my God. And everybody was immediately like, you're full of shit. Um, and then, so this is in Pittsburgh and we decided to go walking around Pittsburgh like at midnight dressed as like two Bad Santas, idea. just scrawny oh Santas. God. Yeah, that. We got heckled, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I was about to say, I've, yeah, I've taken the trolley in Pittsburgh before, like in a full suit, and I got heckled. So I we, can imagine what happened to the It's not quite suit. Philly, yeah. but it's don't do what you did. <laughs> it's a great it's a great city, but yeah, we uh we turned around pretty quick after like the third frightening person like said, Hey, you know, can I come sit on your lap? <laughs> I was oh, like, Okay, God, all right, no. we're done. We're done. <laughs> I'll open your package. Yeah, a lot of oh, that, I'm God. sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I've been, I think, multiple canceled people uh, for ha- Halloween. And, and they are currently mm-hmm. have been, uh, but they were not like uh, Russell Brand. I was Russell Brand for Halloween Ooh. a few years ago. Uh, well, yeah. technically, I was Aldous Snow from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. But yeah. Uh, oh, Tim. Then- <laughs> He was fine then, we thought. I don't yeah, know. I was like, say, people, that, was, no. that was funny like three no, years ago. I, no, you're all wrong. You all know that Russell Brand was who he was 10 years I, ago. Yeah, I mean, sure yeah. he was, We, but we know that now. We didn't know anything about Cosby when Co- like until Cosby went Cosby. Like, I mean, Back everybody on set did and all the producers did. And, oh, shit. But, <laughs> no. Uh, I, I mean, my greatest. Cosby. My greatest uh, fear as far as canceled people is that they'll cancel LeVar Burton. Like if they find out something no about him, dude, oh, that would my break God. my heart. No way. That yeah. would break my heart. He's one of my heroes. There's nothing. No. I, I don't. I think he's an uncancelable person, but I, I hopefully. We God, said the same yeah, thing about Cosby, though. I mean, yeah, so I'm just. I, I will yeah, say that's... this in that realm. I watched Colbert on Friday and watched Cosby on there. And then it happened that we everything came out the following like few days and after that Colbert interview again right before it all happened I said god I love Bill Cosby he cannot do any wrong verbatim said all of those words and that'll be quoted on me now so don't clip that don't clip that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah Uh, audience I have always hated Bill Cosby for his obvious monstrous ways uh unlike Tim I Uh, I never saw it (laughs) Andrew with the dude, I called it. <laughs> I just watched no, the comedy no, show with uh, my family. Uh, I mean, if you if you're in the comedy scene, you probably knew about it. Like it was, sure, it was it something that was discussed, just like Harvey Weinstein, just mm. like a lot of these cases. Like yeah. the, the, this is stuff that is known by the people who are around it, unfortunately, yeah. and is the insiders always know exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, well, on so, that yeah. beautiful yeah. note, other Halloween Let's talk about costumes, scary stuff, have. more scary stuff, <laughs> not as scary stuff, really. Well, some of these. I don't know what you I guys mean, have for the DNC, but <laughs> I was going to say you guys might have a lot of good stuff for horror. We got yeah, some good I mean, stuff. We, we got some too. But <laughs> I mean, I got to say, I, I had a bit of a fright today. What is with George Santos and this baby? Oh, that's it's his staffer's baby. I thought the same sta- thing. They, they figured it out. Yeah. Okay. No, uh, he, well, he, he did say it was his staffer's 
babies. So if something else has happened, because I like, I almost text my wife because we do a George Santos show, and I was like, oh god damn it, we only had two episodes left, and we have to do a baby episode. No, no, <laughs> I was done with the show. <laughs> do you are, are we all here under the notion that George Santos stealing a baby would be irregular? Like at this oh point, like I have a bingo card of things that could happen with George <laughs> Santos. And like stealing a baby and fleeing to Russia are both on there. So oh, I, oh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Shit. Like, yeah, yeah, that's the thing is like, I don't think people do that, but with George Santos, it's like we're already yeah. so far down the list of How things far that I didn't come. expect. <laughs> as a, dis- as yeah. a disclaimer for impressionable listeners, there's a lot of exciting ways that you could uh, be George Santos for Halloween without a baby one. and saying that it's not yours, but it's almost yours. <laughs> that's right. You can commit- the most bizarre response I've ever heard to why, you why do you have a baby? Campaign finance fraud and like, be George Santos without involving any babies whatsoever. So just is, letting the audience know. My wife has a theory that because we don't know. We do know now, I think, technically, but we didn't know who his parents were. And she thought that he might be uh, Donald Trump's illegitimate son because they like oh kind of looks like what if George Sand or Donald Trump had a Brazilian son? Like, uh, he, I, I mean, mean if I'm writers it. of like the world and <laughs> this is actually a 100%. simulation for like people in the future, then that's what is the, the final episode. Yeah. Like, we get the yeah. DNA test and it turns out that son. Santos is illegitimate Trump. Like that, that would wouldn't even be the weirdest part of this timeline for no. sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'd, I mean, that's my bing, that's on my bing. It's my center bingo square for sure. Like <laughs> Santos is Donnie's son. <laughs> oh my god! He's, I mean, the, it, it matches up, and I think he was in Brazil thirty five years ago too. <laughs> it's like a weird. It, it's a he's she, my second she best son, Han Baron. He's my second best. <laughs> At least he's attractive. Yeah. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Oh my mm. god. God, we definitely have a Santos costume. Well, all right, guys, do we want to start sharing these costume <laughs> ideas? See if yes. we can inspire some people to uh, represent the the real horror in America at their Halloween <laughs> yeah. parties. Uh, did you guys want to start, or do you want us to? Oh no, you I guys go. Yeah. Open yeah. first. I think y'all should start with the yeah. heroes of democracy. The heroes of democracy. Who decided to name themselves after democracy itself? Not one person should lead everything. Republic. Yeah, I mean, I got to say it was uh, it was definitely an uphill battle for us. I mean, not to say the Democrats don't suck, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just you guys got a whole bunch of cartoon characters to go with. But with that being said, I mean, there are definitely some solid ways that you can go out this Halloween dress as a Democrat. So the way that we wanted to start is with a Jamal Bowman costume. So our first costume is going to be of uh, New York Representative Jamal Bowman. So. While we got to first know Bowman as a outspoken member of his party, maybe he came to love him as somebody who would clash openly with his Republican opponents, he's come to be known in more recent headlines for his concerns over fire safety on Capitol Hill. So if you're planning to dress up as Congressman Jamal Bowman for Halloween, we're recommending that you just dress up like a firefighter. So that way, the next time you pull the fire alarm on accident, I'm doing air quotes on that. that. Uh, you can at least look like Jamal Bowman while you're doing it. 
I, dude, oh my god, I heard about that. That was so, I okay. Was so so mad. while you two look and shock that Tim didn't get the joke until the I, end of the description, I was like, I, <laughs> so what I do I deal I... with every week in our podcast. I'm like, yeah, Jamal Bowman, and he's like, who? And that's what I have to deal Not with that much. Like, I do you know how much shit has happened since Jamal Bowman pulled a fire alarm? What three weeks? You've ago? known me since I was 17, and have I not always known what shit is happening? Fair enough. God damn, that's funny as shit. Oh my god. I love Jamal Bowman, but yeah, I don't know where to place this one. I mean, like, as far as like my perception of him. Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm like just so odd, especially because he was a principal. Oh, whoa! So I have that, to, oh, I have the to, levels of that. Wow. Okay. So I have to put in some some kind of a motive there, but uh, I don't know. Jesus. That, but yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's it's a petty move, but like 150 years ago, we were having congressmen beat each other with canes on the House floor. So I'm kind of like, we're not there yet. Like pulling a fire alarm is still like a high school level move. Like we have, it's going to get worse. It's not letting (laughs) insurrectionists in a back door. And and there's going to be someone who hits someone with a cane. Like Jamal Bowman's like little silly move there. I was like, yeah, he should get a fine. He should get told not to do that. And he should be made an example of. But beyond that, like whatever. Like it's just a silly little petty move. And I I, I love the whole like, well, I thought it would open the door. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I assume if you pull a fire alarm, it opens all the doors. Congress right, right. right. <laughs> Jesus. God, yeah. Well, at least, like I said, it's not opening a door to let in insurrectionists like somebody, uh, one guy did, GOP guy. I don't know. Not one yes. of our costumes, just a thing that happens. So, yeah. Yeah, true. One is a high school prank. <laughs> uh, the other one is treason. So, <laughs> which one's worse? Uh, uh, comparable. Yeah, they're on the same level, obviously. People take fire safety se- seriously, guys. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's important. <laughs> not this high school principal, though. All right. Uh, do you want to uh, go one on one, right? Yeah. So, what'd you guys come up with for Andrew? You have a, and, or an Alex Jones. Uh, I mean, oh, Alex Jones, okay. for hmm. sure. I, I think that Alex Jones is an easy Halloween costume. You know, it's low budget. We're all suffering a little bit uh, with rent and inflation. Let's actually just get ourselves a black T-shirt that's a little bit too small, some good old fashioned Levi jeans and show up as angry and as red faced as you can. Now, this is one of two people that I have, and I'm going to leave the other one up here. But both of them have a secret to the costume, and that is to show up already way too intoxicated to the party. So show up already, you know, a nice keystone 20 deep. Um, start yelling about anything that you don't understand at all. Uh, and then eventually equate it to either gay people or the Illuminati. Uh, if you can do one of those two things, you've nailed this costume. You will know that you've done right on this costume if you are kicked out of the party and sued for libel for multiple millions of dollars. There you go. This punch is turning the frogs gay. God, they really. <laughs> wow. I, that's my, I had a friend that used to say that <laughs> shit all the time. These are fake yeah. actors. <laughs> my friend used to always Dude. say they're turning the freaking frogs gay. And I like, I never, I didn't know it was a real thing. Like, I just thought it was a f- fake Alex Jones. Like, oh, I could see my house from here. Like the uh, Sarah Palin shit on SNL. But nah, man, he, he really says they're turning frogs gay. <laughs> like. Oh yeah, yeah, he's like, all in on that. Yeah, he's like, full, he ha- he's doubled down since then. That's the craziest part. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, he doubled yeah. down on denying children. It's were so many. Yeah, so no, I mean the frogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the frog. Yeah, no. 
the Sandy Hook thing. Frog's thing is like light humor at this point. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah, I enough. wish we were in the days of Alex Jones just screaming about gay frogs. Like that yeah. was a preferable time. <laughs> it's just amazing how he just sits in that studio with the camera pointed at him, just sits behind the desk as his brain just melts mm. with conspiracy oh, yeah. theories and he just keeps well, on talking or and yelling give, at no one it's unbelievable i'll, I'll give an almost pre- president's podcast special here and that we're going to do a podcast on april 1st next year and i am going to be andrew jones the clone of alex jones uh nice. that is and uncensored <laughs> uh as tim plays the bastard so it's going to be wow. a great time uh we're going to do the opposite of our normal podcast on april 1st so tune in for some great right-wing conspiracy yep. podcasting this too will have kidnapped uh, and i'll Andrew be doing this mm-hmm. costume yeah yeah in about six months well you heard it here yeah. first um we'll definitely be listening guys just don't get yourselves canceled all right at the end of every wild like thing that you say <laughs> another alex jones thing measure. You could do, um, which is something I've experienced firsthand. I used to work in downtown Austin and he would regularly drive through in what looks like a some sort of military Jeep and be screaming with a megaphone uh, out of it, like just driving down Congress. And I I saw Alex Jones at least once a week. Like it was kind of crazy. Like he would be going around doing his shtick. I worked with a guy that. Okay, I won't. I don't know this guy's name, so I guess I can't get. Uh, I guess I'm not like fucking him up or anything. He said he worked with uh, for Alex Jones. Um, he used to edit videos for him, and then he finally quit when one of his videos was used at the Republican National Convention. He's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, but you did everything else, you fucking traitor to America. <laughs> Fuck you. What? Like, are you serious right now? Like, you, oh, well, like, there was oh, a yeah, time, the, and like, there was Sandy a time Hook from like wasn't enough, but like, to yeah, be fair, no, to be fair, there was convention. a time from there was a time from 2001 to like 2009 where we were like, okay, Alex Jones. The only thing he did was talk about Bigfoot and 9/11 conspiracy. Yeah, theories. I liked InfoWars in 2008, else. and then he went full <laughs> far right wing when Obama yeah. got elected. Like that, yeah, well, that. Well, wait, what was what was the one thing like the. Uh, Oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's like the retreat where all the like powerful politicians uh, the go. Bohemian like that was his Grove. thing for a while. He got into there and yeah, showed Bohemian a video. Grove. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was his he thing. And he seemed briefly, <laughs> yeah, he seemed briefly like a reputable journalist yeah. for a sec. And, <laughs> and Bohemian Grove like, specifically Republicans. That's the, the other idea crazy that Alex part. Jones like, is yeah, a yeah. CIA plant to like make all of oh, us I've seem crazy when we bring up any real conspiracy theories <laughs> Dude, of like, absolutely. look, the CIA released a document saying they did this in Nicaragua in the 1960s. And they're like, yeah, well, Alex Jones says that too. So you're crazy. Like, yeah. There, there is some validity, I think, to maybe the idea that Alex Jones was just paid off to be as crazy as yeah, possible. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm <laughs> fucking by that. He, that. Some of the stuff he says is so goddamn crazy. It's like, no one believes that. What's <laughs> like. So yeah, what we, costume we, do y'all got next? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just just to just to put the bow on that, I I just don't know how he hasn't had a heart attack yet. Uh, I you can't. know, he, just with how revved up he got, to, <laughs> the most red faced human being I've ever seen. Heart. Like I assume that that happened in some like South American clinic, like for straight up cash that a baboon heart was placed in that man's gullet. <laughs> that makes perfect sense to me. A baboon's heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our second costume revolves around a, a group of people that I think are underappreciated i would say in our government and that's the secret service right i mean these are the people who protect the president sure um so it could be a dangerous job and especially if you're a secret service agent in the biden administration so 
if you want to dress up for Halloween this year as a badass Secret Service agent from the Biden administration, here's a list of materials that you'll need for your costume. So right off the bat, you're going to need dark sunglasses, of course. You're going to need an earpiece. And then next, here's where it gets interesting. You might make this at home, maybe learn how to sew. You're going to need a bloody ripped up tux with a stuffed German shepherd stitched <laughs> to the ass of your black pants. Bonus points if the German shepherd is real and is just terrorizing everybody at the party that you're at. And bonus points if you cut a rip in the pants and have cartoony white briefs with pink hearts on them showing through the hole. So, there you go. A Biden administration secret service agent. I mean, you need, asshole the, dog to the shout party. out commander. The, 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 the thing the you commander. need to do is put real stakes in your pocket and then, yes, adopt oh a German God. shepherd if you're going to commit all the way. Uh, I mean, like, I want to say a shout out to both commander and major. Uh, they're the only two dogs in the world that can't get shot by the police uh, whenever the police oh. encounter them. And yeah. I think that they're really True. making up for that. And I appreciate it. So. Dude, up until a few years ago, that was standard in Austin, not to bring that morbid list down, but like if the cops came into your house, dog, they were the first to go. Like They're natural would, enemies, like cats like, and dogs. <laughs> I've killed a guy's pug here. Like, Oh my God. Yeah, dude. Sorry, everybody. This, this is supposed to be happy, but the police are also horrible. I am amazed by this because like, it is an anomaly I've never heard about in White House, like palace politics before, right? Like no one's dog or cat was like annoying a specific group of people. Like if major and commander were just biting everybody, I'd be like, okay, like bad dogs, like, Sorry, that sucks. Like they 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 they're really protective of Biden and they bite anyway. It's but it's just Secret Service members. Like that's what I don't get. <laughs> frequently only bite the soldier yeah. group of people, and they're like, we're biting them, <laughs> and it's multiple dogs now. They're biting so, secret uh, cops. Like dogs know what their enemy is. Like they just like <laughs> that's funny. They're the Secret Service. They're secret cops. Well, I don't know. You fucking want to tell the dog. They know, they know what they're – do you always trust a dog's opinion? A dog growls at your some person entering your house. What do you do? Can you kick that person out because the dog obviously knows. Like, the dog's got to – It's people. wild hearing about this shit though because it gets, <laughs> it gets me scared because we have this psycho in our apartment complex who I don't know if he is a cop or if he works at a you know, military base that is nearby, but he just – is openly training this German shepherd just outside, Fuck. no leash or anything. And we walk out of the apartment and it's, and he like basically like calls the thing over as quick as he can so that he could hold the collar. Uh, and in my mind, it's yeah. like, dude, like if, if that's like where the dog it, is at and what you're training it to do, like, why are you doing it in an apartment? Do you, complex? Do you it, like, me in the parking lot, dude. <laughs> do you occasionally hear this man playing like German war songs? Yeah. What language is he training like, this dog in? <laughs> have, have you met G Gordon Liddy rebirth? Like what is going on here? Oh, shit. Now that you mention it. He's like, halt! <laughs> saw him goose stepping out there. Oh, yeah. fuck. His dog walks with straight legs straight up. Yeah, yeah. He, I do uh, like the look of his boots. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Shit. <laughs> he wears a lot of Hugo Boss, actually, now that you mention that. That's weird. It's such a shame because I, I like fashion a lot. I really like Hugo Boss. It, it sucks that they Nazis ruin everything, man. I know. They ruin everything. <laughs> they ruin everything. Well, since speaking of Nazis, I guess uh, that goes into our Halloween costume. Uh, yeah, and it's all you this time. Yeah, God, that's uh, such a harsh transition, but yeah, we'll take well, it. 
Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> GMP. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's why she got to take it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Steve Bannon, if you want a good Steve Bannon, um, I would say show up again, drunk, uh, fully, fully wasted, and you really gotta. If you can splash some Everclear on you or did with what, whatever the, the most potent thing, I guess that would be Everclear grain alcohol, if you will sprinkle it on you. Um, the oldest uh, button down shirt you've ever seen, probably from Coles uh, back in 2009 um, that he f- stole uh, in a drunken rage. Um, and <laughs> you come in just yelling about the preservation of the white race. And, um, you know, maybe with a handcuff on your arm, because he's been arrested for lots of things. The boat, uh, whoop, and the Chinese billionaire boat. You, wow. <laughs> that was if fun. you do want to go the extra wow. mile, don't bathe for a couple. Oh, yeah. Oh, you have to smell. Yeah, it's yeah. like the, the alcohol. Yeah. Is like don't wash your hair. Yeah. You um, like matted like you're trying to do dreads, but you're not going to do it because you're Steve Bannon. Um, and like liver spot paint liver spots onto yourself or if you can drink enough between now and then and halloween which we don't encourage or we do i don't know it's your life uh steve bannon would say it's your body your choice yeah. maybe probably get into not. character yeah. <laughs> yeah you gotta get into character <laughs> method acting enough. is the only way to act method acting is the only way to act just drink enough to get a few liver spots you should be good um and uh yeah yeah oh oh and lots of christian paraphernalia behind you uh like on his show because that is ridiculous his the background of his podcast is so dumb like it looks like everything you would have bought from right wing pinterest <laughs> or something like that it looks it looks like, like, like an Applebee's love, if it were right wing themed yeah <laughs> yeah it, there you go like it looks like some type of americana <laughs> okay like, i'm starting to picture it <laughs> yeah but it's only things it's that make you go who are we the bad guys yeah like that that is his whole background I'm, I, right, there's well, got to be like on a one Halloween race party, thing <laughs> yeah i mean depending i'm gonna say depending on what halloween party you go to so far, you guys are two for two with getting punched in the face. Yeah, um, and, sure. unless you're unless yep. you're going to a super conservative, you know, potentially white nationalist Halloween party. I'm sure they have them. Um, I'm sure they're probably not, not any more white nationalists on here. Well, at that point, you just show up as a ghost, <laughs> a clansman or a ghost, so it works out either way. Yeah, I guess that's an easy costume. Yeah, ghost drips over the head, clansman. You know, at midpoints. So just look for the point, kick that person out. That's that. That's your rule of thumb if you're trying to clean your party out. There is another. It's a good rule. It's a good rule. <laughs> I don't want to be at any of these parties. <laughs> no, no. Now, granted, I feel these people are just—they're crashing your party. Like, don't let them in. Okay. Like, these are okay. also don't dress up. Watch out for these costumes. If yeah, you show I up. feel like I feel like that's all of our GOP picks are with our the watch preference out of like. Yeah, you need to show up to someone's house you don't like uh, as these costumed characters. So, like, okay. this Better is not a party on the floor you enjoy. Coats. Yeah. All right. So, our next costume is going to be for the esteemed senator from New Jersey, Bob Menendez, of course. <laughs> and there's a lot of there's a lot of ways you could go with this. Honestly, like a good way to go would just be like bathrobe, dress like Tony Soprano, call it a day. But we think the best way to dress as Bob Menendez is actually just to dress like Scrooge McDuck. So we recommend oh a top God, hat, yeah. a top hat, an overcoat, some spectacles if you've got them. And then, you know, just fill a swimming pool with big old bricks of gold and take a dive. And don't actually do that because, of course, you will die. But like, you know, <laughs> but, you know, Dude, the only thing I would add, Kevin, is like a golden onk. 
you know, like something that's <laughs> mm. given by the Egyptian right, government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It is like a scarab, like a scarab that like oh, like no, no, crawls no. around your neck and maybe enters your mouth and comes out another orifice like from the, like mummy. the mummy. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the only thing I would add to that. Didn't they give him some sort of like artifact though? Like it wasn't just the bars. I swear to God, they get uh, like maybe I could have I been know. watching quoting a Colbert joke or something like that. But like, it, mm. I yeah, feel maybe. like they gave him something a little extra but dude that man's a straight up spy for egypt that's fucking well crazy. his <laughs> bars are really bad absolutely enough. unbelievable <laughs> his, 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 his wife was given i believe a mercedes benz after she killed someone Whoa. in a car wreck with her car yeah holy shit i mean i I, yeah. I missed some of his story i was like oh yeah he just he got some, paid to do some shit I'm like oh, man that's straight up they're gonna make a movie about that like they did. It's called Succession. Like okay. there's a whole season about this. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> there is. <laughs> God damn. Wow. Yeah. Man. I mean, I could see Scorsese directing it. I mean, it definitely has that feel to it. Just yeah. give it like a three hour treatment. Of course, De Niro playing Menendez. Uh get some big band music on the soundtrack and uh just, just there, make it feel like I mean movies it, now about corrupt politicians anymore? I don't think there really uh-huh. is. Like I can't think. Yeah, of I guess we, said, we do a lot of Nixon yeah. movies still. We do a lot of Nixon yeah, movies. Yeah, that's what we got. Yeah, we that that uh that one about G Gordon Liddy and the other guy. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. series that was Plumbers. really good. I gotta watch that. Oh, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, it was good. so fucking funny. I mean, it shows and G Gordon Liddy so as good. the very Nazi loving man he was. <laughs> we yeah. looked yeah. so much like him, like J- yeah. John Tr- uh, or Justin. He was the whatever. First, we we all talk about these people all the time, but G Gordon Liddy was the first like conservative pundit that like came out swinging just like it's all about the show, right? Mm. I never actually fought in a war. I was always in the background. I'm not actually a tough guy, but I always carry a gun on me. Like he <laughs> is the precursor to like Steven Crowder and Ben Shapiro. Like yeah, this guy who took his horrible deeds in government and then took them to success on their different level. Uh, and I would, I would say that's my next costume uh, would be G Gordon Liddy. And really, you just you shave off all the facial hair except the mustache. You do a nice comb over. You show up in a suit, and then you just sing Nazi war songs the entire party. Like anytime anyone says, "Like let's put it on the let's put it on the, 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 the let's put on the iPod." Like, "Hey, I got the shuffle." You just interrupt and you go, "No, I got something better." And you're just like, "Sieg heil und and you just keep doing that the whole Jeez. night. Uh, oh. It's a very easy costume. You will have no friends afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm going to let you know. You might know be arrested that, for war crimes, too. Well, Prince Andrew did a similar costume a few decades ago, and he got away Fair with enough, it. Fair enough, yeah. So All you right. could, too. So wow. did his nephew. <laughs> I feel the disgusting. His, yeah. <laughs> yeah, America's disgusting. <laughs> this is, this is what is. we it have is. bred. I'm let just G. Gordon Levy have reflecting him. back. Yeah, yeah. But at least no disgusting legislation can get through the house or or anything for that matter right now. Yeah, for yeah, right. Apparently we'll have a government shutdown in like 19 days, right? Like, yeah, a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, yeah. Right in time so for what Halloween. What are you going to do? <laughs> it's par for the course at this point. Yeah, vote in Hakeem Jeffries, but you know what? It's not like <laughs> he's not four fucking short. Like four of you. Yeah. Four of you, 23 I mean, if I if people. I were Jeffries or I was Pelosi right now, I'd be calling people in very close yeah. districts that almost lost to Biden saying, like, give it to us and we'll put a bill on the table that you want in the next omnibus. Like, we'll add it. Like, I, I think that this really could end if we do some LBJ style negotiating in Congress mm. 
and Hakeem Jeffries becoming the first minority leader speaker uh, of the house ever, right? Like, like yeah, ever, ever, yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. that would be crazy. I mean, like Kevin McCarthy was the first ever first to be out of shit. Yeah, out. you're right. Yeah. So I, I mean, like we are in unprecedented times, um, and I I am excited to see what happens, and also terrified about people whose social security checks aren't going to go out. Yeah. I'm terrified about government workers that aren't going to get paid. I'm terrified about the fact that we'll have to stop COVID research like in its tracks oh for months God. because of this, all because the Republican Party can't pick its own fucking speaker. Well, can so. we also acknowledge uh, Timmy, or what's his name? Uh, Tommy Tuberville still holding up military. Dude, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. At, at a time yeah. where like, it, you know, yeah. Israel is like in conflict. Of course, Russia's in, co- I mean, like talk about things that make the country look weaker as well. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, sorry I, if that I, was I, one of your costumes. <laughs> I guess for that one, you just stop anybody from coming in the party. You just don't we'll go to the party. The stairs, uh, <laughs> like you just tell everyone you're on your way the whole night and then never show up. That's how you beat any Republican congressman at this point. That's Wait, true. was he the true. one that didn't show up it, it, during the uh, vote the other no. night? Oh, there's two no, Republicans no, no, no. that didn't show yeah, up for uh, Jordan. Oh, okay, never mind. I don't remember. Yeah, no, he's he's but, all because yeah, of the I, abortion I, thing and the army. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that he won't do Stupid, that. Like, dude, uh, shut the fuck up. It's like get gay, let's get something something gay people. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> something. I will something say gay people exactly. They, they do have a knack for like figuring things the fuck out at, like once it actually is going to have consequences like once yeah. it's actually on the table that hey social security checks might not come out they'll yeah. fucking figure it out like they yeah. they've done it every time they do a shutdown like this is mm-hmm. all kind of just a show really I-, I agree with you but i'm worried about the gates i'm worried about the hardcore right yeah. like yeah, I-, I think dude. that it is different than this time before because we have no- obstructionism isn't just the cause like it's obstructionism against their own party at this point like they're not even yeah. united in party yeah. And I, yeah. I am worried that we're going to be, you know, good into January, February into the primaries. And us three are talking about how the interim House Speaker is passing yeah. these bills at this point because the well, Democrats just pass a bill with a few Republicans to be like, all right, the interim House Speaker can pass a budget. They can I pass think that's a defense bill. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I think that's what they're going to do. And then he's basically just going to be speaker like yep. from then on out. That's the which most like Kevin McCarthy is speaker because he picked him <laughs> like. It, yeah, right. Yeah. Nothing matters. Yeah. Nothing matters. But I mean, dumb. the one the one thing that like the Gates type guys like the one thing they need is just to cause chaos. Like that's what makes mm-hmm. them look good. That's what they get. Gets the donations. And people in to, this like, district love it. They love, yeah, they love him it. for what he did. Yeah. He, like, yeah. I was shocked, truly yeah. shocked. Like, I mean, you have to remember, there's a solid third of America that, like, liberal tears, yum, 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 is their entire political policy. Yeah. Like, they have no other policy than, like, make the libs cry. And, like, I, I understand the catharsis of wanting to make your enemy cry, like, quotes and quotes, enemy in a democracy. But it's like, they have no other policy. They will mm. revert to any other idea as long as it's, well pissed off the libs like they don't care they're they, they're happy to be hypocrites and that is true with a lot of matt gates voters but matt gates is parlaying himself into a run for governor of florida and then run for president that is what he's doing over the next five years mm. um somebody who has been investigated by the fbi for sleeping with 17 year olds somebody who regularly lights his own party on, own party on fire like this guy is somebody who is going to be the next gop trump in my opinion over the next 10 years, if he keeps yeah, winning. Yeah. And we're going to see this wow. guy running for Cut president the knees, in man. 2028 or in 2032 and being one of the lead nominees because he does know how to manipulate that base just like Trump does. He knows how to play that game. And uh, Gates scary. scares me. Gates yep. scares me. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Definitely. scary guy. He is scary. Big head, scary guy. 
He's got well, guys, a I'm, big face, right? Like, I mean, not to be talking about. Not that you mentioned it, I haven't thought of it, but it's true. It's, he <laughs> does have a square. Both him and Vivek have Beavis and Butthead like personalities. Oh, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Yeah, Vivek yeah. is Beavis and he's wow. Butthead. Yeah, that definitely tracks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's even kind of got the <laughs> thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. And Vivek's got the whole Beavis voice. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. That's yeah, like, yeah. It, damn. It, it, I'm a genius. What can I say? I'm a creative genius. We'll mock that up in mid journey tonight <laughs> okay i'll work on it i'll get some ai portraits of that done tonight i just yeah. want to that's see hilarious. It. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious this is y'all are just in a, a america the conversation production meeting now Sorry, <laughs> so this is what goes oh on under the hood that's hilarious <laughs> oh fuck man i hate right. Ramaswamy. oh he would have been a good one to put on this list why didn't i think of that uh <laughs> now george santos that's that's my my pride and joy who's, who's well, i think it's with, uh, I think costumes it's yeah because i was gonna I say it's I, mean, yeah, I think it's uh yeah. i appreciate you guys coming oh, over yeah. and telling scary yeah, stories but... i wish they weren't all true <laughs> yeah yeah now back the to the scariest fake stories, of stories the true ones <laughs> <laughs> oh wait yeah andrew did uh what do you call it uh <laughs> damn it i just forgot this guy's name which one did you just do i'm you guys said Steve Bannon. Right? Great know, radio. Yeah. Not Steve Bannon. No, you did. Uh, no, you did. Uh, oh, the, uh, uh, Gordon Liddy. Yeah. Gordon Liddy. Okay. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, did, uh, I just did Gordon Liddy. Yeah. yeah he's not on the list. You came up okay. with that in the moment. Just by the way, that's Andrew's power. He can. Yeah, that was good. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. That's why I was confused. <laughs> I was like, because uh, I was say, I was thinking in my head. I'm like, that was a really seamless transition to. Yeah. The I was like, wow. wow. <laughs> this is a pro. I'm, good at, I'm good at three things, and that is presentations, <laughs> cooking food, and dungeon mastering. Ladies expect nothing else. Uh, that is what I'm good at. Okay. So our next costume. If to stay in the theme of the, uh, you know, the holiday, you wanted to go as a direct servant of Satan, um, an easy choice here is first the former first lady, Hillary Clinton, obviously. Right. Fair enough. Um, so the best way to do this is simple. You dress up like a pizza chef, giant spatula, <laughs> dusty apron. If you're feeling really passionate about it, you could get like maybe some like fake dough to like throw up in the air. You know, that's that's uh, <laughs> simple. You need a look of utter confusion in a normal person's house too, oh just God. to crawl right. back yeah, to that yeah. one photo where she's like, in yeah, an apartment, yeah, like. Yeah, if you see like if you out. see like groceries or something, you kind of like what? What is what that? What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you look down at a bill and you're like, people still get mail? Like you're. <laughs> you need to buy. Who was the country singer? She was in a fight with or something like that. Um, stand behind, stand by your man. She wrote that song, and oh. Clinton was like, "I'm not Loretta Lynn yeah, or yeah. something like that." I wouldn't Loretta. I've heard I know about this. About. But yeah, it's like so you need Tim, oh, maybe. Tim pulling out the mid '90s humor for us. Yeah, doing strong. Yeah. Well, you went to uh, Gordon Liddy, so you're you're yeah, going. Yeah, you way went back. to Gordon Liddy. <laughs> here's, here's a, at least he's topical. At least he's in the media. Like poor, poor Hillary is just coming out saying things that the rest of the party is like, "Could you please go away?" Like no one's saying Hillary She's wants to be topical. <laughs> yeah, exactly, She's trying to be exactly. topical. It's not really She's working, trying. but yeah. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Um, our next one um, would be George Santos. And for that, you're going to need lots of sweaters and jackets, you're alternating them as many as you can, really. They cannot match. They cannot. If you aren't good with fashion, great. You're already off to a good start. If you are, purposely dress yourself wrong. Um, you also need a Burberry <laughs> scarf that you stole. You have to steal it. And this is the only time I will encourage theft. Steal a Burberry scarf from your roommate. It has to be your roommate too. So that's a thing he did. 
And uh, then wear 10 different name tags. And if you can commit check fraud uh, while you're at the party, maybe steal some people's checkbooks, run some people's credit cards, skim them if you want. And uh, yeah, you might go to jail, but you'll have a good costume. You'll be George Sanders. Tim, I think you're forgetting steal the dog at the party too. He didn't steal a dog. dog, He um, he stole money from a dog. Um, Yeah, uh, from a war veteran's dog dog, Um, whose dog died, and then the war veteran I think also passed. George Santos is a piece of shit. Uh, Wow, that's dark. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess I guess with this one, I mean, you either wind up in jail or in Congress. So I mean, just you know, you roll the dice. 50-50. 50-50. So, I'm, I'm, might I mean, be both. at this point, if you're indicted, yeah, you got a 50-50 I cannot chance believe. you'll be in Congress. <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot believe he's still in Congress. Ten more times. Like, stuff like we, we were going to be recording the George Santos show that we do, and then I had been reading enough stuff to where I'm like, I think he's got more coming. So we're going to hold for like, because because the next episode we're doing is on is Ponzi schemes. And then sure as shit. Mm-hmm. A few days ago, 10 more things that like line up with all of the theft that he's been doing. Like run, he ran donors credit cards, man, for like tens oh of thousands God. of dollars. Oh like allegedly, God. sorry, George. Uh, I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, shit. Allegedly. Oh, shit, dude. I, I, <laughs> like, like if you're going to scam, go 100%. Damn. That was what George Santos has taught us. Because you know he's going to wind up with like some sweetheart plea deal. Yeah. With, with the FBI. Like, he'll get he'll be at a white like a you know white collared prison or whatever you call it the club fed I think is the what it used to be called or with an ankle bracelet <laughs> at <laughs> home in New York where he's getting yeah. eggs thrown in his house daily daily. I just Fucking can't imagine <laughs> being in this district like I w- at, at having either voted for him or not like either way I'd just be he so he conned fear. people dude so he conned yeah, like, yeah. we would all three the, be the richest yeah, district fun. in New York and he conned them all if I could all. hang out with you three outside of George Santos house three days out of the week like that'd be <laughs> so fun like I I cannot imagine how much fun it must be to like look at every Republican in your district and be like you know like you know like there's no arguing with me like yeah. you are the you ultimate validated <laughs> lid in George Santos district because you're just like yeah yeah, I didn't vote like, for him, did I? Huh? <laughs> he conned like the Republican Jewish convention of his district. He conned every yeah. rich person. He acted affluent when he kind of was, kind of wasn't. American like, loves a con man. Yeah, dude. We make him presidents. Like we we love a con man. If he had not been yeah, caught, he would have found that kind of behavior. Yeah. It might wind up. I was gonna say with that kind of behavior, it might wind up on the Supreme Court, dude. I mean, he might have fake law credentials. You never know. Like, I'm surprised True. he did. I'm True. surprised he hasn't done that. Like, that he didn't yeah. say he went to lawyer school. Maybe he is school? on the Supreme Court. Law school. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised that a portal hasn't opened beside him live on scene and another yeah. George Santos hasn't stopped out from the multiverse and gone like, we have to stop this. There's machine revolution is coming. Like, I am never surprised by any time George Santos winds up in media because I'm just like, yeah, I mean, we predicted this in the 1980s and very bad comics. Yeah. Like, of course, he's the guy who's like, well, I'm a Jewish and then takes your money and runs oh away. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Christ, that guy. Like, I guess you should also oh actually add that baby to the costume because fuck, why not? I did. I forgot about the baby until you brought it up mm. earlier. <laughs> like, yeah, I dude. guess set up. Your, yeah, set up your costume, <laughs> but also be open to changes as stories uh, unfold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, steal that's the a costume. Dog, you, steal you the gotta baby. Be, check yeah. the news before you go. That that's the last bit of the costume. Check the news before you go out to see if he's done. Just fucking anything else, <laughs> like because he has. He for sure has. 
It's, I mean, I, I think this is definitely going to be a pretty labor-intensive costume because you're going to oh, have yeah. to change your costume multiple times throughout the night. You got to work to get away with it, man. And, like, he tried. He but the good news is if you wind up with the police, you just give him any name you want. You can just make it up on the spot. That's, That's part what of the all the name tags are for. Just give him one of the names. Yep. You got ten name tags on you. Just give one. Just, like, get Katrina Rivera or whatever his drag name was. And then you yell, I'm a congressman. And then I'm sure it'll work out fine. <laughs> I love yeah. it. All right. So for this last one, we're going to go real scary. Now, Ooh. I I told this joke to uh to Ryan and he he didn't get it. So we'll see if this works. But but, but it's cuz um, we're not really like re- Republican leaning. So if you are Republican leaning and s- still listening to this podcast, yes. I'm I'm shocked. So this will be very scary for Trigger anyone one. who is a regular viewer of Fox News or any of its new mm. far far right like subsidiaries. So you're going to go as Barack Obama and you're just going to wear a tan suit. That's it. That's the costume. <laughs> Ooh. Oh my god! Ooh. Okay, that was one of my favorite suits he ever wore. By the way, it's a good <laughs> like, suit. He looked good. Yeah, good yeah, suit. yeah. So, so I just so I don't that. know if I don't know if people remember this. So, just for like our listeners, while Obama was president, one day he wore a tan suit, and this was like a big scandal on Fox News, and that it is was. like literally the story. Like it was just it's a like huge a scandal. Week. Yeah, that yeah, he, that wore he didn't wear a blue suit. or gray or black. Yeah, suit. I, th- yeah I think yeah. it was supposed to be like blue or gray or something, which yeah. is like crazy. Yeah. See, yeah. if I were Obama, I'd go around the party holding a button that just said, "That's another hospital. That's another wedding." <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, he he bombed more oh, people man. than anybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's I hate knowing that fact, but you know, but he was yeah. cool, right? He was cool. cool. He was cool. I <laughs> mean, cool. no one can, yeah, no one can take that away from him. He was <laughs> yes. cool. He looked he real cool. good in that tan suit. Like, I'll Dude, give him that. Played like... basketball <laughs> with the best of them. You know. Still has yeah. dreams about good old Droney. Misses yeah. him every day. Did Trump do anything? Because I know Obama removed the bowling alley for the basketball court. Did Trump remove? Did do anything with that? Did he even know a basketball court was there? I I, I, I assume wonder... that he put like a McDonald's in there, like Richie uh, Rich. There's already from a the McDonald's 1990s movie. Oh, was that not a real like... thing? Oh shit! I thought that was a real <laughs> no. I don't think there's a McDonald's in the White <laughs> and House. First but... kid, not Richie Rich. Uh, but oh wait, no, there no, is. It was for... no. You were wrong. Both. We will have there's this both. argument there's on both. fucking air. There's both. Richie there's Rich both. had a McDonald's inside his house. It's how he, he convinces all the poor neighborhood rich kids and all the poor poor neighborhood kids to to like him is he brings him to mcdonald's and then he takes him on his roller coaster he does do that he he definitely does that sorry they do it in first kid as well uh is it on us that's all our costumes right no we're uh, we're done on our end i think you guys got one more more. i've got what do you got tim two right i can either do matt gates or ron desantis matt gates is more material more material let's do matt gates yeah, you know Ron DeSantis uh, is just a heels joke. And then it's, it on. is just him wearing stilettos. So uh, <laughs> it's just, um, it, which I'm very convinced he's in uh, heels, but that's a different conversation. Okay, Matt Gates. Uh, it's just a guy with a pocket full of roofies and smarties uh, mixed together. So, you know, don't know which one you're going to get. Um, oh, and this oh is my um, via my wife. Y'all invited us. You Y'all, invited the comedian. You know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> you were fans hey. of America the Podcast first, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, my wife wrote, um, he uh, he needs to be wearing a shirt that says, call me daddy. Um, or either uh, that or no fat chicks over 19. Um, and then we're leaning into the Joker via Andrew. Uh, he needs to have what? Oh, a number tattooed on his head. What number? Just oh, no, no, age, age is not age is 
just a it's number. Just a, just a number. On <laughs> his real. Like I was thinking more wow. of like a Jared Leto Matt Gates combination. Yeah. I can your... see it. Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, a main town that says Mr. Governor, twenty twenty six or whatever fucking year he gets to run for governor because that's definitely what's going to happen. Wow, you uh, guys really took age is just a number and just perverted that phrase. <laughs> did, did we prefer that phrase? <laughs> I feel like that's yeah. Pretty not right. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there's God. I mean, you know, don't be these people <laughs> for Halloween. But if you want, yeah, don't go as Republicans for Halloween is our message. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to be uh, Jackie Daytona, real human bartender, and uh, that's from what we do in the shadows. Don't know if any of you are fans of that. Oh. Definitely should watch. You can't do not. the accent though, oh, Tim. Man. You need so to work I on can, it. sir. I just don't do Jackie it. Jackie Daytona. Ah. So I haven't watched the show, but I watched the original one that oh, the, the Flight of the Concords yeah. guys did. Yeah, that was we've seen the movie. Yeah. The movie is hilarious. So. You have to Dude, watch that show if you like the the first like three episodes are basically the movie. I'll say that, um, but it's a whole new cast. Yeah. It also connects with the old movie, um, which is great. It's so 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 funny. I cannot. Re- it's it is my favorite show. I think it's one of them. Uh, but Matt Berry, who plays Laszlo, the character I'm talking about, is probably one of my comedy idols right now like he is so fucking funny uh that's i that's all i have to say about this <laughs> because i gotta be honest like i like vampire humor i'm about it it's real fucking it's, funny if you like vampires like, some, sure. real like are, this. Yeah. some of the rules are kind of goofy you know like can you invite yeah. us in you know? <laughs> like, yeah, that's dude it gets real it, newt it get it really gets it all exact like they really they're sticklers for continuity they're sticklers for everything there's reasons for every like they, some of the taika watiti and whoever writes the show they're man fuck nay they can write a f- funny thing that's a, yeah <laughs> so definitely watch that well that's um, tim's plug talking. that's my plug uh also my our plug st- is america <laughs> the conversation <laughs> Sure. Check it out. It's a great podcast. We do it. Me and Tim. Yeah. Also, (laughs) uh, I don't trust this person's ending in two weeks. And then we're going to do Ron DeSantis. uh, And y'all are going to serve as uh, some of the research for that uh, because you did a whole very good series on Ron DeSantis and why we shouldn't trust him. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. We we look forward to listening to yours. Yeah. Well, guys, thank yeah, you so will. much for coming on. Um, anything else that you want to promote about your podcast, uh, where they can find you, um, ways to reach you on social media? Uh, America the Podcast presents on YouTube, America the Podcast, and America the Conversation on both TikTok and Instagram. Uh, and uh, Come argue uh, with me in the comments all day. Yeah, we're, we'll, <laughs> we, we respond and we will be glad to talk to you. Uh, uh, and americathepodcast.com, shwaymedia.com, everything goes to the same place. So, yeah. Come, come listen, come hang out. You know, Road Trip's got basically a big, long, funny audio drama, ATC's leftist news, and, uh, and then got D&D tons of shit coming out in the new year. Next, next, in the new year, D&D Andy. Oh, and uh, D&D Andy, uh, different oh, thing. Oh, that's finally Non-political right. related, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah got slightly delayed, but it's definitely coming. It's going to be fucking rad. Um, I cannot wait to do that show. Yeah, we're going to um, start but... off with D and D one-on-one with me and Alexa Ray. Uh, she's playing the lead character and it's one GM with one player, uh, doing the foundation of a world that will play with six players later on. So essentially she's going to set up the mythos and the gods and that kind of thing, playing with just me and her. And, uh, we'll be doing that is a filmed, um, like set. And then we'll be doing the show live. 
that mm. happens 200 years after that with a bunch of other people, including Tim as one of our players. So uh, that's awesome. Yes. I like D and D. Yeah. I'm a D and D head too. Fun. So yeah, yeah you've D and D club at uh, school. Yeah. It's fun. Fuck, man, that's dude. Keep that going. God bless you. Yeah, that. <laughs> that's right. No, I mean, I honestly like I if I go back to get my master's in that, I want to write a like a some kind a of a thesis, thesis? paper yeah. about like how D&D can bring kids who have difficulty Absolutely. like communicating socially together because it gives them a common cause. Um, yeah, dude. You know, a quest to communicate about. And there's just so many like I've seen kids who just have no idea how to interact socially mm-hmm. make lasting friendships through D and D, you know, yeah. and then they just take that and then they hang out outside of school and have like a new friend. And it's just, it's, it really, it really is a beautiful thing. And, you know, it's kind of because of the way that that, that One game thing, is, is structured and run. That's so. a reason to I, play D and D and to be a teacher. Fuck yeah, man. That's yeah. Fucking awesome. I, I like, would encourage you and the audience to look at also D and D being used in our prison systems with a lot of people to rehabilitate yeah. oh, and go okay. through stuff. Um, so I mean, a lot of times these prison systems make it where, oh, they can't do any heists because we don't want them planning out a way to escape the prison. That's true. Uh, but other <laughs> than that, it's been really, <laughs> uh, really a positive thing that's happened. I think an NPR article two years ago really covered mm-hmm. it. But the idea of role playing and kind of getting a bunch of your trauma out and like doing that through a secondary mask and being able to connect mm-hmm. with people that way, I think it's a really cool thing. And that's that's yeah. something that we exemplify uh, I think at Shui Media of just like, hey, the story is important, whether that's a story of the politics or the story of the dice. So awesome plug. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for joining us. Um, we'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah, um, absolutely. I would say hopefully when things are a little bit better politically, um, but I would want to like, you know, be disingenuous. <laughs> We'll be uh, in four yeah. different countries by that point. Like, the- <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. New when, England, when Texas, the plane. We'll, we'll be like, California. you remember Tim? He was a good dude yeah. by that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's. And he got arrested for fucking going against Texas. <laughs> yeah. Joined the revolution. God damn it. Yeah, I'm I guess like, if I didn't want to be optimistic, I would say let's do this again when we're all expats. You know, just, yeah, just, just chilling somewhere. You know, in summer yeah, yeah. Vieira. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. To that. My Italian apple farm. Yeah, there you go. Here's to expatriatism. <laughs> Chilling in the vineyards. <laughs> All right, guys, take care of yourselves. And folks, definitely check out America the Podcast, America the Conversation, and uh, everything else that they just mentioned. And have a happy Halloween. And uh, happy Halloween. If you dress up as these things, um, have fun. And we are not responsible or, for what happens to you. Don't dress up as them. Just <laughs> don't. Yeah, yeah, don't definitely, yeah, definitely yeah, don't. Sure. Kick those people out. <laughs> Maybe I the think, George yeah. Santos one. That's like the most tame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and all of yours were totally fine especially the firefighter one that made me laugh firefighter one was yeah. <laughs> bowman's the only one we can actually recommend you know <laughs> before you head out feel free to subscribe and rate us leave a friendly comment on the way out it really helps the podcast when you do and if you enjoy what we're doing you can find our twitter or instagram in the description below We'll keep you updated about the show, and we'll also fill your feed with plenty of good old-fashioned memes. Follow us on Facebook as well if you're a Facebook person. Just type The Almost Presidents Podcast into that search bar. And lastly, you can write into the show. Our Gmail is thealmostpresidentspodcast at gmail.com, which you can also find in the description.